What's up, everybody? This is Paula Phelps, and you are listening to On a Positive Note, where I sit down with a songwriter, recording artist, or music insider to learn how music can lift our spirits and heal our hearts. The holiday season is here, and that means we are listening to a lot of holiday music, whether we want to or not. But the fact is, holiday music lands a little differently in our brains, and this week we've brought back our favorite sonic strategist, Steve Keller, to explain what listening to holiday music does to us. But before I get to my talk with Steve, I've got Casey Johnson, our e-commerce marketing manager, here with me. Hey, Casey, welcome to the show. Hey, Paula, thanks for having me. I wanted to talk to you because you are a huge Christmas fan. Didn't you say you start listening to the holiday music like in November, early November? Yes, I am that person. (laughs) Uh, Like right after Halloween, November 1st, I go straight into Christmas mode and I've got Christmas on our Alexa. Like I'm always like, hey, Alexa, play Christmas music. And it's just, it's always going. So is Halloween kind of your turning point? Like once that passes, it's like for a lot of people, it's Thanksgiving. Like they say, okay, Thanksgiving is passed. Now I'll get my holiday on. But for you, it's Halloween. It's like, here it comes, right? Yeah. I feel like there's two types of people. There's me, like I jumped straight <laughs> to Christmas after Halloween, and then there's people who wait until after Thanksgiving, and then they go into Christmas mode. I basically right. skip Thanksgiving. I mean, I still celebrate Thanksgiving, but I've got my tree up, my decorations, the Christmas music all throughout the house, like November 1st. That is so fun. And so when do you start anticipating it? Like as you're, like I'm a big Halloween person. So as Halloween's coming up, I'm just like, yes, I'm like a little kid. So yeah. when do you start getting that feeling about Christmas music? Yeah, I mean, I love Halloween too. I swap out my Halloween decorations and then go straight to Christmas. I don't really have many Thanksgiving decorations, but I would say, I mean, Christmas is one of my favorite holidays, not because of the gift giving, but I just, I love the decoration and the togetherness. So really I anticipate it all year long. Like I can't listen to Christmas music any other time except November and December. Cause it just, it makes me sad that I can't (laughs) celebrate Christmas, you know, or holidays. That's awesome. So what is it about the holiday music that you think makes you happy? That's a good question. I would have to say, for me, it's the nostalgia and just the happy memories. The holiday season for me is one of the happiest times of the year. And I realize that's not the case for everyone, so I'm very fortunate in that sense. But for me, holiday music, it eases my stress. It just automatically puts me in a good mood. I don't know. I guess it just like sparks happy memories and reminds me of my family traditions growing up. That's cool. That's so cool. So is there a certain kind of holiday music that you listen to? Because some people are like hardcore traditionalists. You and I were talking, I listen to new and some really offbeat versions of classics, like stuff from Brave Combo or some pop punk stuff, things like that. Or I like new songs. What about you? What's your preference? Honestly, I like it all. Like I'm like new, I like the new stuff, but I also really like the traditional versions. So for example, I just purchased Frank Sinatra's Christmas record and really? I listen to it every morning when I'm making my coffee and then I'll like flip it over on the other side. I'm new Wait, to you have record. actual vinyl? It's actual Yeah, I have vinyl. the vinyl. Wow. Yeah. It <laughs> I love that. So yeah, I listen to it every morning. I've got it going. I turn on the tree, light my candles, make my coffee. That is so cool. So that's interesting because you're the perfect person who we are are talking about today. There's a surprising amount of science behind all of this. And and that's why we brought in Steve Keller 
He's one of the world's leading experts on sonic strategies, and his research has explored how music and sound affect our physical well-being, as well as our emotional state and our perception of happiness. So we're going to now talk to him about what Christmas music is doing to our brains. Steve, welcome back to On a Positive Note. Welcome. I am so happy to be here. Thank you. It's the holidays. Happy holidays to you. And to you as well. Yeah, it's it's that time of year. Um, yeah, that's for... that's what I hear from all the stores and the music that they're playing. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, certainly. So holiday music, there's two camps, like it or don't. Where are you on that? Are you a fan of holiday? Uh, I like it. I mean, some more than others, sure. but, you know, just kind of depending on what it hits and the memories. But I'm a big fan of ritual and a big fan of the way that all of our senses work together in support of those rituals and obviously hearing sound being an important part of that. So music around the holidays is part of the ritual that we're all familiar with. So there you go. That's a great way to frame it. And what's interesting to me, it's kind of a unique catalog of music because I don't know any other time of year where the music is so specific. Like there's summer music like we listen to while we go to the beach or things like that. But we can listen to that all year round and not feel like, oh my God, that's out of place. <laughs> but Christmas music, it seems to have a very definite place. And I wondered if the fact that we only pull these songs out once a year has anything to do with the way that we respond to them. Nice, certainly. Nostalgia is an important part of how we move through our lives and put flags in moments for memories. And music is really effective at evoking those memories. So, you know, I mentioned ritual just a moment ago, and I think that it's true as we move through the seasons of life. You know, you talked about the summertime, but when it comes to holidays and particularly holidays that have some religious background. There are usually songs that are associated with that. So even before we have the contemporary songs that we think of that are a part of our winter holiday catalog, there are certainly songs that were part of pagan rituals around Yule logs. And also we have the Christmas songs, we have Hanukkah songs, and these are all things that are part and partial of the ritual of that time of year for us. So what is going on in our brains when we hear a Christmas song? Because from being around you and researchers like yourself, we know that it's not just, oh, I hear the song and it puts a smile on my face. There's stuff going on <laughs> internally. Yeah. So what's happening in that from the time it hits our ear to the time it hits our face? Well, <laughs> there, there are a few things. There are neuro chemicals and neurotransmitters that are at play, one being dopamine, which is a really addictive neurochemical in our brains that's released when something is really pleasurable or part of a reward. Our brain likes dopamine. It seeks it out. And music is a really great dopamine trigger, usually because we have these associations, for the most part, that are pleasant with the holidays, with those musical associations. And what we've learned from the research is that once there's that association, there's that drip of dopamine, the dopamine can start just in anticipation. Oh, so really? I think that, yeah, I think that's also something that happens as we get closer to the holidays. 
we begin to prime ourselves for it. We know what's happening. We know we're going to hear the music playing in stores. There are those complaints that we start hearing it earlier and earlier. <laughs> that's a that's a whole other part of the discussion. But we anticipate what's going to happen. We anticipate these songs. Dopamine starts. We like to listen to the music over and over again. So that's one neurochemical. Another one is oxytocin. Oxytocin is usually generated in the brain with music when we participate in what we technically call entrainment, which is where we start moving in time to the rhythm. And when we're with groups of people listening to the same music and we move in time with it or we sing along with it, oxytocin is released. And oxytocin, we call the love drug. It's the chemical that makes us feel warm inside, like we're connected to each other. We tend to engage in more pro-social behavior. So you have that neurotrigger that's associated with also gift giving, right? getting together with families, communicating that way. So those are a couple of things that are happening. And then the other thing is that music is very powerful at evoking memory. So memory and emotion are obviously tied together. We have these associations. We have this physiological changes that are happening in our brain. And so the memories that are triggered actually have an impact on our visual cortex. So it's not that we are actually seeing something, but it does evoke memories in this visual cortex, which makes the memories even more powerful. And that's why there's been a lot of research with Alzheimer's patients and how music right. is really effective at, at triggering memories and kind of literally bringing people to life again. So those are a few of the things that are going on physiologically inside our bodies that produce also the psychological effects on the other side. And before you and I talked, I talked with Casey Johnson, who's our e-commerce marketing manager at Live Happy. And she's one of those that starts listening to holiday music right after Halloween. And we talked about the fact that there's like these two camps. There's people like her who just really want to dive into it immediately. And there's other people that are like, no, there's a certain time, like it's December or it's like right after Thanksgiving. What's the difference in those two people? Do you have any insight into what makes some people think it's okay to play it for two months straight? And other people are like, no, it ruins it if we play it too early. I think, again, to each his or her or their own but I think a couple of things are happening there. One is for those of us who love the holidays and can't wait for them to get here and love that dopamine. In some ways, the faster we can get to it, the better. The better we feel. Exactly. And then there are those of us who, who maybe think that maybe there's a specialness about it. Maybe the ritual is such that if we begin to celebrate it too soon, it feels like it's out of context. We're not there yet. Don't push me there. And certainly there's been research done to show that sometimes there are stressors involved with that. One study in particular found that there was a negative impact on sales in some stores that were playing really bright, happy Christmas music the closer you got to the Christmas holiday. Oh, really? Um, Right. And what they were basically assuming as they pulled the dots together is that folks that are shopping the day before Christmas 
are probably really stressed because they've waited to the last minute. And here they go into the store and they're hearing this upbeat, happy Christmas music. And they're like, I don't feel happy. I am stressed. I don't want to be reminded that I've waited to the last minute. Let me just get in here get my stuff and get out. So those are um, the people you see in the toy aisle, like ripping the head off the Barbie doll and stuff. And stop uh, it. Yes, exactly. More, more than likely. So <laughs> we sometimes forget that even music that's playing in the background can have an effect on our physiology, our psychology, on how we're literally making sense of the world around us. And again, these are really powerful. And I will also say that when we think of nostalgia, very often we think of pleasant memories that we mm -hmm. lean into. But the research that has shown us that nostalgia is associated with sadness as well. So sometimes there's sadness that can be associated with the music. Maybe it's because of stress. Maybe it's the end of the year. We're beginning to think about a new year, which can be stressful for some folks, or maybe it's an event that happened around the holiday. And so the music becomes a, a memory trigger to take us into a moment of sadness more and than it, just a moment of joy. And also, I know, say you've lost someone mm -hmm. in the previous year and listening to that holiday music does kind of serve as a reminder of their absence and, and what's yes. gone. And so I know that can be I've had that happen for myself where I love this music, but I cannot put it on at this point in my life. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think we tend to, when we think about managing our emotions with music, very often we're thinking about how we could use music to appeal to our emotions or bring us out of an emotional state. So when we're sad, Sometimes the common wisdom would be, well, let me put on a happy song. But what we know from the research is that actually a more positive outcome can come from leaning into that sadness, playing music that may speak to that sadness and evoke it. It's almost as if it's a way of working through the grief. There's some evidence that there's some other chemicals that are released. There's a chemical in our tears that kind of helps mitigate these feelings of sadness and loss. And there's some research to suggest similar chemicals are released in the brain when we're leaning into sadness. Uh, and so some researchers have found evidence that playing a melancholy soundtrack when you're melancholy may actually produce a positive effect on the other side. Whereas trying to push yourself into a happy moment, listening to a happy piece of music, could feel forced and have the opposite effect of just creating more stress and expectations. That's interesting because there are holiday songs that are sad versus celebratory mm -hmm. and they can be so powerful. I know Trans-Siberian Orchestra, one of their, I think it was one of their first albums, they have a song on there called Old City Bar. And it's one of the most touching, moving, sad songs. I have to listen to that every year. And it almost moves me to tears, but I also feel so good listening to it. And it's really hard to explain. So how do we know when we go for sad or when we go for celebratory? I think it's just a matter of our own awareness and maybe sometimes trusting our instincts a little bit. 
certainly you have to be careful where sadness can begin to cross a line, slip into depression, where some of those sad triggers may actually anchor you in that moment instead of helping you move on. And so I think that's something where we just have to pay attention to other signals as well. Are we still eating healthily? Are relationships still intact? So if it's simply a moment where we're thinking of the loss of a loved one, the loss of a relationship, something else that might be a traumatic event that happened around the holiday, if it's simply remembering that and giving yourself a moment to experience those feelings, because there's a range of feelings, that's okay. So I think just paying attention to what can be situational sadness, which is also the situational affect disorder that happens this time of year too, because the days are getting shorter and the nights are getting longer. And then also on top of it, people are feeling pretty stressed because of the pressure of the holidays. You know, I sent somebody a a meme yesterday that said, it's almost that time to trade your regular anxiety for your fancy Christmas anxiety. She was like, already there. (laughs) But so that adds to it too. Yeah, exactly. And certainly we have come through a period of time where those stressors have been piled on by the pandemic, what's happening in the world around us, and those meetings that particularly were joyous now could be incubators for a virus. Certainly politics has played a role in that and protests. So all of those things have compounded these issues But I will say one interesting thing that relates to the nostalgia we were talking about earlier is another thing that music can accomplish for us. And there's been research into the idea that music becomes a social surrogate, that it reminds us of relationships. It reminds us of individuals, part of these memories that it evokes and researchers that were studying listening habits and how people were listening and why they were listening during the lockdowns, found that particularly in older populations, they were using music as a surrogate for the relationship that couldn't be there in that moment in in isolation. So this is another thing that can happen around the holidays that reminding us of these relationships, as I said, kind of gives us that oxytocin, that warm feeling. And while it can't be a one-on-one replacement, This idea of using music as a social surrogate is an important part of thinking about music for our health and wellness. That's awesome. So as we're getting through this holiday season, and maybe I shouldn't say getting through it like that (laughs) kind of sounds negative. (laughs) As we're going through the holiday season, how do we use music to amplify those positive emotions or shake us out of the holiday blues? What are some of the things that we can do to really leverage soundtrack of this time of year? I think the the first thing we can do is just be more aware. We so often go through our lives disconnected from the sensory input around us. And if we are more aware of how our senses are having an impact on our emotions, on our perception of the environment around us, we can curate rituals. So thinking about What is a playlist for us? What are the songs that are positive? Or maybe what are the songs that we lean into for some of that sadness that we talked about earlier? So 
getting intentional with the curation, listening to other sounds around you. We've been talking a lot about music, but there are also other sounds. The sound of jingle bells obviously is something that we hear. And thinking about how music ties to rituals that we want to celebrate, whether those rituals are around particular religious events or holidays, or whether they're rituals around how people are coming together, the food that's associated with the holiday, and leaning into developing soundtracks and playlists for our holiday meals. All of these moments where we just become more aware anchor us in time and place. And I think that that's an important way to use ritual and to celebrate holidays. I like it. I like it. So how about yourself personally? Do you have a favorite go-to holiday album or something? I mean, I'm kind of all over the map. I know um, that. <laughs> you know, so, and interestingly enough, I lean into both music that's associated with Hanukkah and music that's associated with Christmas. Interestingly enough, a lot of the most famous Christmas tunes were actually written by Jewish composers, but bands like the Klezmatics or the Maccabees, their songs like Hanukkah Tree, Light One Candle, Matasyahu, oh, Hasidic rapper, has him. a song called Miracle. And even the Bare Naked Ladies came out with a Hanukkah album. Oh, um, really? So, uh, yeah, Hanukkah, Hanukkah is, a you know, and the Dreidel song. I mean, those are on that album. So those are always great. When I think of Christmas-related music, I think of the old crooners, particularly Perry Como and Frank Sinatra. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. I mean, that was the album that I associate most with my childhood was my parents had a Perry Como holiday album. And that would always come out and go on the turntable. So Perry Como is the Christmas holidays for me. Winter Wonderland by Louis Armstrong. Certainly there are pop songs. I mean, who can't not think of Mariah Carey? Her All I Want for Christmas is You. And I will say probably for me, the one really iconic Christmas song that evokes both happiness and melancholy for me is Carol of the Bells. Um, You know, the tune itself is melancholy. It's a little bit in a minor key, some of the way that the harmonies work together, but there's just something about that that brings that to life for me. You asked for one song and I just took you on a tour. Well, that's the thing about (laughs) Christmas music. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's you don't really limit it to just one song because it does connect to all these other, just like our memories. It's like, oh, yeah, this, exactly. I have to listen to that. Well, Steve, this was a fun talk. Oh, we have a fun for me, too. Playlist. I'm going to make sure that I pop your favorites in that playlist as well. All right. Those were good suggestions. So we're going to tell our listeners how they can find that. That was sonic strategist Steve Keller talking about why holiday music makes us happy. If you'd like to learn more about Steve, just visit livehappy.com and click on the On a Positive Note podcast link. And in case you can't get enough holiday music, we have created the Live Happy Holiday Playlist, which you can find on Spotify. Here's some of the Live Happy team's favorite holiday classics, as well as some new songs, just by searching for the Live Happy Holiday Playlist. And Casey, do we have any holiday specials going on in the Live Happy store? 
We do. I had a suspicion we might. (laughs) You were right. Through December 20th, you can get everything 25% off on the Live Happy store. All you have to do is go to store.livehappy.com and enter code MARY25 at checkout. Okay, store.livehappy.com and MARY25 at checkout, right? Correct. It's a very merry sale. (laughs) That's awesome. So that's all we have this week. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of On a Positive Note. And from myself, Casey, and the whole Live Happy team, we'd like to wish you a very happy holiday season. As always, this is Paula Phelps reminding you to make every day a happy one. Happy Happy holidays. holidays.